You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And you are listening to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, the only live call-in show on Pet Life Radio. So I want to hear from you. And I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, here with you for the next 30 minutes, hoping to help you with your pets, whether it's a behavior question, a medical problem, or just a chat. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things I've noticed, I've gotten some emails, and the comments on the email say, we listen to your show every week. And that's great, but I want to hear from you, even if you want to call in and just to comment on something, on anything, because that's why we're here. We're here to talk to you. I get bored listening to myself. And I just came back from the Central Veterinary Conference. It was in Washington, actually in Maryland. It was called National Harbor at this magnificent resort called the Gaylord. And it was a great, great conference. And I went in and I was speaking. I actually flew in on Wednesday late afternoon. I was rushed straight to the local CBS affiliate. We did a segment on helping your dogs beat the heat during the summer months. And boy, it's getting hot. And it's getting hot here. I mean, here in LA today, it's been um, by me in the, in the West LA area. It's been in the 90s. It's been in the 80s at the beach. And usually the beach is cooler. In the valleys, it's been over 100. So um, it's been very hot. And then I spoke all day, well, not all day, all afternoon for about six hours on Thursday. And I tell my audience when I'm speaking, I said, I don't want to just hear from me. Actually, I have a handheld mic. And I love when those in my audience pop up, give me their two cents on whatever subject we're talking about, things that might work in their hospitals, things that haven't worked in their hospitals that I say should work in their hospitals. We try to figure out why. And I say, it's so much better to have a dialogue than a monologue. So for all of you out there that have access to a phone, give us a call at 877-385-8882. Or if you have access to your computers, join us online. Pet Life Radio, click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can go to the Join In on the Conversation, right where it says Invite Friends. And down at the bottom of that long box, is click here to join the conversation. Go ahead and click. And finally, you can just send us a quick text or a quick email to drjeff, Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com. Very easy, and we'd love to hear from you. And of course, I'm here for you, but I'm also here thanks to our sponsors like Kong Veterinary Products, like ProSense Pet Products, and of course, ProSense's major retail partners like Walmart, who have a full supply, a full selection of the ProSense products. Basically, ProSense are products that I've co-developed, and we are trying to bring to the mass market products as good as you can otherwise find at your veterinarian, but of course, more affordable because we think all of you should be treating your pets with the best that you can afford. And the ProSense products are fantastic. So anyway, uh, again, give us a call, 877-385-8882. I want to hear from you. And you know, one of the things that, you know, a great dog was hit by a car. I get a call from a, a client of mine and uh, she wants to know if we could help her. She has a friend whose dog was taken to the emergency facility, apparently both front legs broken. 
turned out, fortunately, not to be the case, just one front leg broken, at this very, very advanced emergency facility, which is probably one of the best in town. There are two great ones. This is one of them. It was just very costly. She could not afford the treatment. So my client calls me, wondering if I can help them with his dog. So we arranged to have the dog transferred. So one of the things that this emergency facility wanted to do, which did bother me a little bit, is that they did want to do surgery on the legs immediately, actually putting pressure on the owners that they had to make a decision fast about fixing the front legs. Notice legs, plural. So I tell my client on the phone, I say, you know, first of all, there's really no such thing as an emergency broken bone. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact that when you have a dog that has undergone trauma, trauma serious enough to actually break bones, there is a very strong likelihood that if this trauma was strong enough to break a bone, it was also strong enough to ruin or damage some soft tissue. And we always, in an emergency trauma situation like this, is we are not rushing to fix broken bones. That's the last thing on your list. The skin cuts, the last thing on your list. The first thing you need to worry about, what's going on inside the abdomen? Was the spleen ruptured with the same impact? How about the lungs? Do we have any lung contusions? Do we have what we call a pneumothorax, where the lungs were damaged, filling the chest cavity with air, thus not giving any room for the lungs to expand with breathing. How about a bladder? Do we possibly have a ruptured bladder? Dogs or cats that have a bad fall. The impact of that, it's like a water balloon popping. You drop a water balloon, even a fairly thick one from a height, and as soon as that impact of that balloon hits the ground, it's going to shatter, and that's what happens to a bladder sometimes. So I was a bit uneasy, even though I was on my trip, to have them just go ahead and proceed with fixing broken bones when they haven't really even evaluated the full extent of potential internal injury. So sure enough, the dog gets transferred. The dog seems pretty stable, has a uh, wrap on both front legs. We review the x-rays, turn up, really one leg is bruised, it's cut, but it wasn't a break. The, the bones were fine. The other one definitely needed surgery, but certainly not enough. So we're monitoring this dog for overnight to see how we're doing. The next day, actually, what you would expect from a dog who is being hospitalized on fluids, you would expect that the parameters, that this dog's attitude, this dog's demeanor, assuming no internal injury, would be better in the next 24 hours than the first 24 hours because they get better all the time. They should be anyway. Yet, in fact, this dog was getting worse. So we evaluated what we call the PCV, the pack cell volume, and that was dropping, meaning there was some bleeding going on here. And on an ultrasound of the abdomen, though there were no huge pockets of fluid, you can see some. And when we put a needle into one of these pockets, we found a clearish, maybe a little bloodyish fluid that smelled awfully like urine. Wow. So we're thinking, maybe this dog has a ruptured bladder. So we go ahead and we inject some dye into the urethra, and we follow this dye into the bladder, and sure enough, this bladder has a hole, a rupture. And this dog is leaking urine into his abdomen. That is really not good. So sure enough, the surgery that was supposed to be a surgery to put a plate or to mend the broken bone turns out to be an abdominal surgery to explore the belly, make sure everything else was okay, check the spleen, check the liver, check the stomach, and to repair the hole in the bladder, which was done. Kept the dog on a urinary catheter throughout the weekend and came back on Monday and fixed the broken bone. And that dog, happily said, is doing just great. So for those of you out there whose dogs or cats are involved in a trauma, the last thing you want to worry about are the bones 
and the skin, those things can be repaired almost any time. As a matter of fact, the surgeons say with a broken bone, you have minimum, minimum five-day window. And you can go longer. It just means that it might be a little more difficult to achieve the reduction you want. You can still do it, but it'll be more difficult because the muscles start to contract. Sometimes you'll start getting maybe even some healing, some scar tissue coming in. So you have to break that up before you try to realign the bones in their proper position. But it's not impossible. But what you don't want to do is rush into surgery to repair anything on the outside, including extremities, until you're sure that there's no damage or anything going on on the inside. So uh, anyway, that's all. So, you know, when you have these animals and they're, they're hit and you rush them to the emergency center, don't let the doctors talk you in to uh, hasten you into fixing things that could wait when you want to really concentrate on some of the things that can't wait or things that you need to worry about first. And again, most notably, those injuries are going to be lung-related, are going to be abdomen-related, soft tissue-related inside the abdomen, whether it's spleen, whether it's liver, whether it's stomach, whether it's bladder, that's a concern. And the same thing with bite wounds. You know, a lot of times you can have a bad bite into, and you see punctures into the stomach, into, I should say, into the abdomen of a dog, and you see the puncture wound through the skin. You really have to make sure that that puncture didn't go deep enough to go into, say, a loop of bowel because you can't see that. So it's uh, very important to keep that in mind. Now, there are some practices amongst some of the universities that have advocated that on any abdominal puncture, you are within reason to do an abdominal exploratory to make sure that the, an intestine was not punctured as well. A liver wasn't punctured as well. The spleen wasn't punctured as well. I personally have my issues with that. I think that most puncture bites, if it's a tooth, unless it was a huge dog, you know, biting a very small dog, the intestine will probably just move out of the way from that tooth. By the time it gets through the body wall and the tissue and the muscle, it's unlikely that it's going to actually puncture unless it's coming on both ends and it was like almost sandwiching the small dog's belly into the mouth of the big dog that did the biting. Then you might have a uh, good reason, or if there's a huge, huge gaping hole into the abdomen of the smaller dog, into the dog that was bitten, where you might be able to see and evaluate the intestine, or if you're going to have to go in anyway to repair the multiple layers of the skin and the, and the fascia, the tissue underneath the skin, where you might get a, grab a look as well. But if you just have a couple of puncture wounds, I'm not one that advocates going in to a full exploratory unless you have reason to. And there's some, a, a lot of other things c that can be done to monitor and check the dog to see if it's likely that he or she has an infection brewing bad enough to justify opening up and exploring the entire abdomen for just a couple of punctures. But anyway, these are things you want to discuss with a veterinarian. You're going to possibly talk to five different veterinarians and get six or seven different opinions. So there's no right answer, wrong answer. I guess, you know, many of us just kind of go with what we're used to, what our experiences are, and make decisions based on that. I, you know, for any of you who had, have had any kind of trauma, any kind of hit by car, a fall off of a height, a bad, bad dog fight, anything like that, I would like to hear from you. And let me know kind of what types of injuries your pets have had. And let's talk about and see if you were able to do it over again, have it treated over again. Was the treatment possibly too aggressive or possibly not aggressive enough? And uh, so while you guys are getting the courage 
to uh, give me a call to let me know. That's 877-385-8882. Contacting me here at Pet Life Radio, drjeff at petliferadio.com. You're going to kind of mull it over. Give me a call back right after our quick break. And let's hear what your experiences have been with any kind of trauma, your dog, your cat, your bird, you name it. Let's hear about it. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on Pet Life Radio and Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> And welcome back. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber. Here at Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And um, we just talked about some, uh, you know, in emergency situations, one has to start thinking, reasoning. First and foremost, no panicking. And I think that some of the, uh, these emergency facilities, though, how great they are, and I'm, I'm thrilled that they're around, sometimes are in such a panic mode because some of their cases are cases that require panic. That every case they see, they panic and they want to do everything and they want to do it now. And I still think we can't forget that we still have to have a game plan. You know, I mentioned earlier that I just came back from speaking at the Central Veterinary Conference. They call it CVC East because this conference has the original conference is a in August in 
Kansas City, and that's called the Central Veterinary Conference. Then they started to accommodate more veterinarians and, and practice managers and receptionists and technicians practicing in all different parts of the country. They introduced uh, a number of years ago CVC West, which is every late October in San Diego, and CVC East, which is in D.C., Maryland area. Really a beautiful conference and a, and a great venue. And one of the talks I gave, and, and I'm, I'm going to sort of change, hopefully change a lot of the way a lot of you think, and it's really to benefit your veterinarians. And I'm, and I'm hoping most of you listening to our show have really good relationship with your veterinarian. And love your animals, love your pets, which is probably, hopefully, why you're tuning in to Pet Life Radio in the first place. And one of the things we talk about, and I, I lecture about this frequently, is marketing. How veterinarians need to market to their community, market to their own clients. And we're not taught this in school. We don't take a class in marketing. We don't take a class in salesmanship and in communication, which would be so important. And unfortunately, an observation I've made several years ago, just looking at my classmates, my colleagues, my friend, my veterinary friends, is that one's success in practice has very little to do with their competency as a veterinary practitioner. It's a lot of the ancillary things that make the difference. It's their ability to communicate, how they show their caring. You know, it's interesting that when I first, I'm one of those guys, and again, this is typical of many veterinarians, that wanted to do this ever since they were little kids. And I've always felt this amazing connection to animals. And when I was a kid, I had animals. All I ever thought about in elementary school and high school, I couldn't wait till I was a veterinarian. Something I've wanted to do ever since I was little. I'm talking five or six-year-old little. So for me, it was just a natural connection I've always had with pets, including my own growing up. And I remember when I was first started as a practitioner and I was working for a veterinarian that I used to work with when I was a technician before veterinary school. And I remember walking to this room and seeing this little dog and he was so cute. It was a, a, like a little chihuahua kind of dog and I, and I picked this little thing up and he's just nibbling on my face and he's licking my lips and, and he's just adorable. And I'm going, oh my God, this dog is so cute. And this lady is looking, the owner, and she says to me, I'm telling you, it shocked me. She goes, I've never seen a vet do that. And I'm thinking to myself, how is it that veterinarians, we veterinarians, love animals so much that you wouldn't do that? Of course you do that. But I think that when a dog owner, a dog parent sees that coming from their veterinarian, it just gives them an automatic sense of security that this person, this guy or this girl really loves my pet and they're going to take good care of it. And mind you, I was a brand new vet. They knew nothing about me skill-wise. I was developing my skills at that point, but it worked automatically. And I think that it's very important that veterinarians that you guys trust, that you like, your own veterinarians, you do what you can to support them, to help them because it will. And, and one of the things I've noticed, and when we go back to the old, the old marketing strategies, we always used to say how important it was for every client that leaves your office dissatisfied, unhappy, they're going to tell 10 people. But clients that leave happy are only going to tell three, which means, as we used to lecture, we used to talk about that you need to work over three times as hard to make people happy for everyone that leaves your office unhappy or dissatisfied. And I've always challenged that because my feeling is even the three is not real because I guarantee that if I were to ask you, do you like your vet? You'd say, yeah. If you were sitting at uh, socializing with your friends and one friend said, oh, I'm, I'm getting a new puppy, I'm getting a new kid, I'm getting a new whatever, would you immediately say, oh my God, you got to go see my vet. He or she's the best. You would do that. But you don't go home after a good, successful, happy vet visit, which of course by now you've come to expect, and run home and tell 10 people. 
You don't tell one. You don't tell two. You don't. You'd wait more passively until the subject came up on a social event or on a conversation you were having with somebody about pets where then you might say, where they just come out right and ask you, oh, I know you have a dog. Who's your vet? Then you'll say, oh, I got the best, the best vet in the world. But people that want to complain, they complain big time. And now my point is, and we talk about this, and I'm amazed how true to life this is affecting many of the veterinarians. I mean, I was in the room, I was lecturing to probably 40 or 50 veterinarians that this is the norm, that they are getting yelled at. They are getting berated online because of a problem that often never even involved them. It was a problem with the office. It was a problem with the billing. It was a problem with something and not even the care provided by the doctor. And yet you go online and you read all these horrendous things. So my challenge to you, and believe it or not, and I'm, I'm actually working on it myself here at my hospital, is we have someone and his sole responsibility is social media. His sole responsibility is forcing me to do my tweets, to make my entries onto my Dr. Jeff at my Facebook page. Because when people now are looking for veterinarians, they're looking for recommendations, they're no longer going the routine sources like the yellow pages or ads or mailers that they used to years ago. They're not even asking their friends anymore. They're logging on to Google. They're logging on to Yahoo or to City Search or to Judy's or heaven forbid to Yelp, where that's how they're getting the recommendations. And anyone, especially, especially new parents that are in that 28 to 40 age range. And let, let's face it, anyone out there listening veterinary-wise, those are the perfect clients because then you know not only do you have a young pet, hopefully, but you have a young client who's going to be with you for 25 years if you play your cards right. And these are the ones, their first stop when looking for anything, be it a dry cleaner, be it a restaurant, be it uh, any, uh, any service provider, an auto mechanic, you name it, the first place they're going to go is onto the internet. Those phones come out of their pockets or their purses as fast as you can say boo. And they are looking things up on these websites. That's how people are trying to find your veterinarian. So you out there, you animal lovers, who hopefully are also appreciate what we do, what your veterinarian does for you and your pet, you need to be more proactive. You need to think about what Dr. Jeff is telling you today and you need to go online. You need to go write a review for your veterinarian. You need to take a more active participation in sharing your experiences, your hopefully great experiences that you have with your vet and sharing them with the thousands and thousands of pet owners that are also logging on to these sites and they want to know who's good, who you trust, who's been treating you well, who's been taking amazing care of your pets. Don't assume that it's the other guy. Don't wait until someone comes over to you and says, oh my God, I know you have a dog. Who's your vet? I, I need a new vet. Or I just got a new pet. We're looking for recommendations. Don't wait for that. You need to be more proactive because your veterinarian needs you to be more proactive. And the truth of the matter is, they're not going to ask you. They're shy. They're embarrassed. They think it's uncool. And it's really not. You know, think about this way. You think about the old-fashioned endorsements that you see. And again, you may not see this in many parts of the country, but I'm sure you're going to see it in the big cities. But how many establishments you've walked into, be it a restaurant, be it a diner, be it a deli, a dry cleaner, I, I use that example a lot, and what do you see hanging up in the restaurant or above the wall in the, in the dry cleaner? It's the picture of the celebrities that have shopped, that have frequented that establishment. 
And that's because everybody, right, they want to go where the celebrity went. And that's why they posted. Well, in essence, that is an endorsement. It's a celebrity endorsement that is implied by seeing the picture of that celeb with a little note to the owner saying, oh, my God, thank you so much or great meal or whatever they write. Right. And you think, oh, my God, that's so great because I'm going to the same place that so-and-so ate at. Well, when you go online and you write a great review or you take a picture of you with your pet and your veterinarian and post it on your Facebook page and with a little comment of how fantastic your doc is, that's the kind of endorsement that you should be sharing with everybody. It takes no extra time. It's something you should really want to do. But now I'm telling you from the perspective of one who lectures and teaches marketing, teaches internet reviews, how to handle them, how to enhance your internet image, this is what needs to be done. So since you're a client, your vet's not going to ask you to do it. I'm going to ask you to do it. Go ahead, take a little time, be nice, and write something really, really cool about your veterinarian who I'm sure is working very hard to keep your pets happy and healthy. So anyway, oh, by the way, I don't know exactly when it's going to take place, but we, Mark and I, Mark Winter here at Pet Life Radio, we are going to change our show to Sunday morning because we know, we hope at least, that there are many of you that would love to take the time to get on the computer and call, or if you're not in the cars, to call us a uh, time during the day where we want to just, if you want to access me and can't do it at one o'clock Pacific time and four o'clock Eastern time. So we are moving to a Sunday morning show. I think the plan is 9 a.m. Pacific time and noon Eastern time. That way you're going to have no excuses. This is before you're, you're hopefully getting up out of bed, you're having your brunch, and uh, you will be able to join us live here on Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and I expect to hear from you. I want questions. I want problems. I want anything that I can do to help you with your pet and enhance that bond, enhance that relationship, and make your pets happy and healthy and you the best pet parent you can be. So until next week, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, Kong, the Kong Pet Products. And just know that my offer still holds. Anytime you guys give us a call, we're going to send you a free ProSense product, a free Kong toy, just for sending me an email or picking up the phone and giving us a call or contacting me here online at drjeff at petliferadio.com and we'll see you next Thursday. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.